Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranik, a TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is Episode 21 of Season 2 of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Grizzlies have now won 10 in a row. We'll talk about that in That Was the Week That Was. We've got Petey's points as well. And Rob Fisher, Grizzlies sideline reporter and uh, utility broadcaster, I think we could say, will join us as our friend of the program. But first, we tell you that today's show is being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, they have had the mission to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City's helped young men be great not just on the court, but also in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can follow them on Twitter. Their handle is at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. I want to thank Ernie Kuyper and everybody at Hoop City Basketball Club for their continued support of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Ernie promises me that there's going to be some news and some updates coming from Hoop City, and we will share those with you right here on the Grizz Weekly Grind. As I said, we'll talk about uh, the Grizzlies' win on Tuesday night over the Golden State Warriors, and that was the week that was. We got some Petey's points as well. Rob Fisher is our friend of the program, and a conversation not just about the Grizzlies, but also a very important conversation on the topic of mental health. For those of you who are not aware, Rob Fisher revealed to Jeff Calkins, the sports columnist for the Daily Memphian, of his struggles with depression. And the thought at one point that he wished to take his life. Thankfully, Rob got the help that he needed, continues to get that help. And Rob has been an advocate and a very outspoken advocate for mental health and making sure that you do take care of your mental health. Rob and I will talk about, as I said, we'll talk about the Grizzlies. Yes, but we'll also talk about depression. We'll talk about mental health. Uh, also, Jay Glazer, many of you know him from the NFL on Fox as one of the insiders, and uh, he has made very public his battle with depression. And so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show as our friend of the program. But right now, we'll start talking about basketball and one of the games of the season, and that was the week that was. Tuesday night, the Grizzlies put their nine-game winning streak on the line against the Golden State Warriors. Warriors were coming off a home win over Cleveland, which was notable for the fact that Klay Thompson made his return to the court for the first time since Game 6 of the 2019 NBA Finals. On that day, John Morant was not yet in the NBA. That's the last time Klay Thompson played a basketball game, but did play on Sunday, January the 9th. Grizzlies, uh, like I said, putting a nine-game winning streak on the line. Golden State had lost their last two road games at Dallas and at New Orleans, and the Grizzlies came out and turned the Warriors over six times in the first quarter, leading to nine Memphis points. Steph Curry, only three points, all of them coming from the free-throw line on a three-shot foul, went 0 for 4 from the floor and 0 for 2 from 3. Meanwhile, John Morant, understanding that this game was on national TV, on NBA TV, Put up 15 points in the first quarter, 6 of 10 from the floor, two assists for him. Grizzlies got off to a real good start, and as I said, a lot of it was dealing with points off turnovers as the Grizzlies got nine off of six from Golden State. Grizzlies would move out and take on a halftime lead of 59-51. to Morant with 18 first-half points to lead all scores. Curry with nine in the second quarter and 12 for the first half, still without a three. And he, at this point, was looking to add to his 
NBA record streak of games with a three-pointer, currently at 161, but he was 0 for 3 in the first half. Grizzlies were outshot 42% to 44%, but they did force 12 turnovers, and by halftime, the Grizzlies had 20 points off of Golden State turnovers. Grizzlies had not given up any points off their own turnovers in the first half, and the Grizzlies only turned it over five times. Third quarter is where things started to get a little dicey for the Grizzlies. Steph Curry finally caught fire. Hit a couple of threes in the period, 13 in the third quarter. And by the time the end of the third quarter had come, the Grizzlies were down 90-87. to 87. The Warriors put up 39 points in the third quarter, despite the fact that the Warriors turned it over five more times in the period. But, again, it was Curry with 13 in the period. Kevon Looney was a problem. He had six in that quarter. Damian Lee coming off the bench, he had five. Big quarter for Brandon Clark. He had nine in the third quarter, but the Grizzlies still being outshot and pretty badly at this point, 49% to 43%. And the Grizzlies were going to need a rally against one of the best front-running teams in the NBA. Well, guess what? In front of a sellout crowd, the Grizzlies got what they were looking for, a comeback win. They outscored the Warriors 29-18 to in the fourth quarter. John Morant coming up with five crucial points later in the fourth quarter, I should say. He finishes with 29. Steph Curry was limited to just two points in the fourth quarter. He was 1 of 6 from the floor and 0 of 3 from 3. Now, did pick up his ninth career triple-double and second of the year, but not enough as the Grizzlies go on to win it 116-108 over the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors 30 wins, the Grizzlies 29. Grizzlies now 29-14. and 14. Zaire Williams, the rookie, getting a start. 17 points for him, that a new career high from him, and the Grizzlies got an outstanding performance from Tyus Jones, your standard eight assist, one turnover effort, 17 points, tied his career high with five three-point makes in this game. Grizzlies win it 116-108. to They score 58 paint points against one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, and John Morant down the stretch, a crucial and one foul on Andrew Wiggins. He finishes with 29 and eight assists, and the Grizzlies win it only one game to report on but what a game it was the building was jumping it had a playoff atmosphere yes there were a fair number of blue and yellow jerseys in support of golden state but it's the grizzlies that took the win and now let's get to some pd's points on today's show pd's point number one is pretty simple this team just continues to amaze they continue to find ways to win basketball games sometimes they they blow teams out Other times, they come from behind. The Grizzlies now have seven rallies when trailing through three quarters. Same as the Los Angeles Lakers, and that number seven leads the NBA, by the way. And the Grizzlies, like I said, they continue to find ways. Uh, They they make a change with the coaching staff in that Darko Ryakovich, who nominally is the lead assistant for the Grizzlies and coached the Grizzlies in summer league. He had been in health and safety protocols. He comes out of protocols. So Brad Jones, who had... Uh, been the guy for three games. He takes a step back. Darko Ryakovich takes over this team, and he gets a win. Uh, so Taylor Jenkins has seen his protégés do quite well as the bench boss uh, while Taylor is in health and safety protocols. Uh, like I said, this team continues to amaze, and it's not just John Morant. Obviously, what John Morant is doing is special, should put him in the All-Star game, but you're seeing Brandon Clark really blossom. Maybe it's the fact that he's healthier than he's been in quite a while. Kyle Anderson coming back from the back injury continues to stuff the stat sheet, make a lot of meaningful basketball plays. We knew that this Golden State team 
was turnover prone to begin with, and the Grizzlies simply accentuated that and were able to convert on the other end. So the Grizzlies find multiple ways in which to win basketball games, which if you are really going to aspire to be a great and championship-level team, you do have to figure out ways to win games when you're not shooting well. And the Grizzlies were not shooting particularly well, but they found a way to win. Petey's point number two, and this is a question that, that gets asked fairly frequently. What is the ceiling for this team? That remains to be seen. It, it's hard to identify. I mean, now look, everybody in Memphis is swept up with the fact that this team has won 10 in a row. That's a franchise record for a single season win streak. It's fantastic. This team is playing great basketball. Desmond Bain is shooting it well. John Morant is continuing to wow people all over the country with offensive and defensive plays. Jaron Jackson Jr. has taken a quantum leap forward this year. And in fact, for a second consecutive game, posting a double-double. So even without Steven Adams, the Grizzlies didn't lack on the backboards. Maybe not as much in terms of offensive rebounding, but they handled their business on the glass. And Jaron Jackson Jr., a big part of that. That had been one of the areas where Jaron had engendered some criticism that he was not a good rebounder for his position. Well, he's rebounded very well over the last couple of games from his position. And in fact, when the Grizzlies were getting stops against Golden State in the fourth quarter on Tuesday night, the reason they were getting stops is Jaron Jackson Jr. was not allowing second chance opportunities to the Golden State Warriors. So what's the ceiling for this team? All right, let's go back to the start of the season. And the, the common wisdom was, wow, could you possibly get to be a sixth seed and avoid the play-in tournament? That would be the goal for this basketball team. Because you get into the play-in, and well, it depends where your seeding falls. Do you have to win one game? Do you have to win two games? Do you have home court for one, for both, for neither? How does this all work out? The fact that the Grizzlies are knocking on the door for the three seed in the West, and it's a Utah team that they're trying to track down that is now, just now, starting to get affected by COVID. Now you can dream about a top four seed. You're not even thinking about the top six as, as being where you want. You, well, you want to be in the top six. You just don't want to be uh, below seven. Before the season, top six seemed like a heavy lift. The way this team is playing right now, and assuming that they stay healthy, which is always a huge assumption in the NBA, if they stay healthy, top six should almost be a lock. Partially because the Grizzlies are playing good basketball, and I don't know that there's going to be a, a tremendous fall-off. But I don't know about the rest of the West. Do you really think the Lakers are going to make a big run? Maybe when Anthony Davis comes back? Uh, when does Paul George come back? That will be very important to see whether the Clippers make a run. San Antonio, I don't think they have the juice to make a serious run. Minnesota, the Grizzlies' opponent on Thursday night, they're playing better. I don't know that this is sustainable. The Grizzlies, what they're doing, it is sustainable because they're getting contributions from a lot of different guys. And so their ceiling, I think their ceiling is a top four seed in the West. Whether that's three or four, I think that's entirely possible. To be a, a one or a two seed, Phoenix and Golden State, and I know the Grizzlies have beaten both those teams. I mean, it's a target, but maybe, maybe not just yet. Because you know Phoenix is going to have a run in them. You know Golden State's going to have a run, and then particularly with re with the return of Clay Thompson. So again, I think the ceiling for the Grizzlies, if if I have to have to, have to spitball it out there, I'm going to say it's a top four seed in the West. That would be where I would uh, where I would peg them. Final Petey's point before we get to Rob Fisher, Zaire Williams. I mean, what a transformation! Some guys transform themselves from a so-so player to a really good player in the offseason. 
He did it in season while he was injured. This is what's really remarkable about him because when the Grizzlies took him, and I remember the draft party, and there was a contest at FedEx Forum. Uh, you know, the winner of the contest, you know, got, I don't know, courtside tickets or, or, or whatever. And the way that you won the contest is you would predict who the Grizzlies would pick or have picked for them at 10 of maybe a couple hundred entries. There was exactly one guy in the building that predicted that the Grizzlies would take Zaire Williams. He must have known something. Maybe he knew Tayshaun Prince. I have no idea. But of all the couple hundred people who attended that party, there's only one guy in the building that thought the Grizzlies would take Zaire Williams. Indeed, if you go back and you read the morning after draft articles, everybody was questioning, what are the Grizzlies doing? Well, clearly they knew what they were doing if what we're seeing from Zaire Williams is not fool's gold, but is actually how he is able to play going forward. Grizzlies had him matched up against Steph Curry. His length bothered Curry. I think Curry had three air balls last night, and I don't know that all of them were against Zaire Williams, but Zaire Williams has gone from, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm not rebounding, I'm going to stand in the corner, hopefully get an open three, hopefully make that open three. He's gone from that to now being a dynamic two-way player, credible on defense, able to hit threes from other spots on the floor other than the corner, and has shown a knack for being a playmaker. Good basketball IQ. Kid's obviously smart. Went to Stanford. Brevin Knight would tell you that he's very smart. Um, and is a hard worker. Very diligent with his film study while he was on the shelf with a sprained ankle. And all that film study has really paid off for him. And we saw him score, rebound, playmake against the Golden State Warriors. So you got a really nice look at what Zaire Williams could be. And uh, if you add him to the mix and he continues to track along this level of improvement, wow, the Grizzlies really have something there. So those are Petey's points for today. We're going to get to Rob Fisher in a moment. But first, we tell you that the Grizz Weekly Grind is being brought to you today by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know the NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, which, as you all know, is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56-1 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. All right, what's the math on that? Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Now, if Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 rager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, it's time for our friend of the program. As I had alluded to in uh, the open to the show, uh, Rob Fisher, who has been the sideline reporter for the Grizzlies for more than a decade, one of the best all-around sportscasters I've ever been around, he has documented his struggles with depression and his desire at one moment to take his own life. He documented that to Jeff Calkins, the sports columnist for the Daily Memphian, 
And Fish continues to be an advocate for mental health issues. And um, we had a good conversation, not only about the Grizzlies, but also about mental health. It's very, very important. Mental health in this country, there is still a stigma attached to it. There is nothing wrong with being depressed. There is nothing wrong with having mental health issues. But if you do have mental health issues, whether it is depression or whatever it may be, please, please make the call to find somebody who can help you. You are not alone. If you're suffering from depression, if you have thoughts of harming yourself, please, please get help. So we talk about basketball, but we also talk a little bit about life and dealing with mental health. Rob Fisher, our friend of the program. Fish, you asked the question of Darko Ryakovich yesterday on the pregame show, and it's a great question, and I'm going to ask you because we've asked everybody else, what the hell happened with this basketball team to get to this point? <laughs> it's uh, it's it, it's un- I, I, it, it's unbelievable, Pete. I mean, Taylor Jenkins would say it all the time, you know, about the team just being locked in, and they're locked in, you know. It's funny, everybody who asks me what's going on with this team, I, I always bring up what Taylor said when Ja went out in your interview. You, you you talked to Taylor Jenkins after that Atlanta game. Grizzlies are 10 and 11. Um, ja Morant's out for the foreseeable future. You, you feel like, how are you going to survive? And Taylor Jenkins, his quote was, don't do more, do what you do better. And I think every guy on the team has done that. I, I don't think anyone's really played out of their lane. Uh, I think everyone's just done their job better from that moment on. And, and since that moment, they've won 20 of their last 24 games. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the best way to describe it. Everyone, everyone has just stepped up their play. And when Ja came back, everyone was at that level and, and Jod joined right in uh, and, and did the same. So, you know, you could talk about the defense has been better. Absolutely, it's been better. The offense has been better. Yes, it's been better. And you can go up and down every single guy on this roster and say, is he better today than he was at 21 games into the season? The answer is yes. So I, I think that's the easy answer. It's just everyone doing better. And, and, and it's remarkable, you know, just to see – how these guys are just unified, the cohesion of this basketball team. It's, um, it's, it's an unbelievable fun ride right now for the, watching this basketball team just because everything's clicking, everything, night in and night out. And it hasn't wavered since then. What's amazing about it, Fish, is that it's a different guy every night. I mean, right. one night it might be Killian Tilly, not necessarily with scoring, but just making winning basketball plays. And then last night against Golden State, Kind of out of the blue, Tyus Jones, who has been shooting the three ball well, but you just don't expect him to go five for five from three. I mean, that, that, so it's, it's somebody different every night. And that, I think that makes it as much fun as anything else. Well, it was amazing. I mean, you had that stretch there where John Conchar steps in, goes into the starting lineup and did what he did, which was perform and, and play well. And then he goes down into health and safety protocols. So then what happens? Killian Tilly steps in, he gets the job done. And then he has another game where he starts and, and he gets into foul trouble. Jarrett Culver comes in for him and he gets the job done. Um, Zaire Williams comes in. He comes off of an injury and being gone for 13 games and steps into the starting lineup. He performs. I mean, 
you know, and these, these are guys we're talking about. Look at Tilly. Tilly hasn't played the last couple of games. Culver hasn't played the last few games. Uh, Zaire Williams was out for 13 games. Guys are just staying ready. And, and I think a lot of credit has to go to the coaching staff on that. Uh, for guys being mentally and physically ready always when their number's called. And you don't know how many minutes you're going to get. You don't know when your number's going to be called. But when it is, these these guys are performing. And, you know, what Tyus did last night, it, it's been really two guys kind of at your top almost every night. And it's, you know, for the most part, Josh seems to be one of those guys. But one night it's Jaron, one night it's Tyus, one night it's Zaire, one night it's Desmond Bain, and, and it just keeps cycling around. And, yeah, it makes it fun to watch because this, this, this team enjoys watching that as well. Uh, when, you know, Killian Tilly throws down a dunk, the whole bench goes insane. When Zaire Williams throws down a three, the whole bench goes insane. I mean, heck, last week, Daquan Jeffries, who's a member of the Grizzlies, throws down an alley-oop. The bench goes insane. I mean, everybody is rooting for each other, and I think Jaron Jackson said it best. You know, everybody's goals are the same, and, and we fight for each other's goals, and that's just the win right now. Yeah, it is great that this is a team where there's absolutely no agenda, and John Moran mm-hmm. is doing spectacular things, and Nobody resents him. Nobody has any other agenda other than winning basketball games. You talked about people stepping up. You had the opportunity to step up and do some do some play by play, and and not only you know stepping in kind of at the last minute for the first game anyway, and then working with Michael Wallace, with whom you hadn't called a game before. Uh, what, what was that experience like? I mean, I, I got to watch it on TV, and I thought you did a really really good job <laughs> stepping in and and also doing pre half and post. Uh, so, you know, I, I know the bathroom breaks were, were, were kind of far, <laughs> few and far between, but what, what was that experience like? Just, uh, just filling in at, at seemingly every job. Well, I'll tell you what, that game at Cleveland, it, it looked like it might go to overtime. And if it did, we were going to have a problem, uh, <laughs> with, with, with me not getting to go to the restroom, but, um, man, it was a, it was a crazy eventful 10 days. And, you know, it, it was uh, it, it was hectic. It was exhausting, but but it was a blast. I, I mean, you know, Pete, you're in the same boat that I'm in, that what we do, we, we never take it for granted. And, and you think about it, and there are only 30 people in the world who, who get to do what we do on a nightly basis. And for me, in a four-game span, to do four different jobs that there are only 30 of in the world, I mean, it was, it was, it was incredible uh, to do radio play-by-play, to do sidelines, to do color on television, then to do play-by-play on television in a four-game span. I'd like to know how many people have ever gotten that opportunity. And I mean, as someone who grew up as a kid wanting, wanting to do this and wanting to be in this business and wanting to be on radio and wanting to be on television and wanting to do play-by-play and wanting to do everything, I got the opportunity to do everything in a week. I mean, it was <laughs> except it, for it, it camera. Was, that's right. <laughs> Although, I was close. I was next man up on that too. Uh, but it, I mean, it was fun. It was, it was a dream come true. I mean, how, how could you not, how could you not love the opportunity? Like I said, it was exhausting, but I had a blast with it. And, you know, I, I, we laughed about it, about me being available and me doing all these jobs, but 
it was fun. And I, I think what I, what happened was it, I proved to myself that I could do it. Um, you know, it, it's scary when you, when you got to fill shoes like yourself and, and Brevin and, and fill in and know the respect and, and know the fans and how much they love you guys that, you know, the first thing that goes through your mind is I just don't want to screw it up. I, I just want to come in and hold the fort down until they're back. And, and uh, I felt like I did that and uh, all the support and, you know, from yourself and Brevin even, and, and from the fans, it was, it was fun. I, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I'm glad to, that you guys are back. I'm glad that I'm back in my comfortable position, but uh, it was, it was a fun two weeks to say the least. It is clearly. And I thought I'd never say this after the bubble in Orlando. This is the <laughs> strangest season we've ever had for, for a number of reasons. And uh, I, you know, a lot of people didn't realize last night's game because once once you test positive, you're you're in you're in for ten days before you're allowed to be in tier one, which allows you to sit courtside and and things like that. I I don't think very many people realized unless they saw the start of the show yesterday that I was sitting upstairs and Brevin was sitting downstairs. I mean, we have right. done virtually every combination and permutation of <laughs> announcers, positions. We've done games remotely. Uh, we did the game last night. Brevin and I weren't sitting side by side. It's It's been, like I said, I thought after the bubble in Orlando, we're never going to have another crazy season. Well, this season has been every bit as crazy. And, and you know, we have such a good broadcast family, and we all care about each other so deeply. And I know that you have been very much involved and you told your story to Jeff Calkins about depression and mental illness. And now we're seeing Jay Glazer on a national platform for people who might be listening to this, who have struggled with depression and all of us have down days. And for some people, it's more acute than others. What should people be doing when they feel they get in the winter or at whatever time of the year that as Jay Glazer says, the, I feel gray. I need to get out yeah. of the gray. What, what, what do you do? Uh, the, the first advice I would give, and, and when I talked about it with Jeff Calkins, you know, my, my goal of talking to him and, and coming out about my struggles with mental health were to help others. Um, that, that was, that was the first thing on my mind, how, how, you know, with, with my platform and, um, my story and, you know, my success, uh, to let others know that it can happen to anybody. And, you know, I just wanted to help other people, but what I didn't realize when I talked to Jeff Calkins was how much it was going to help me, um, to see the support of people, to, to feel and, and hear from others, their story. It was, it was amazing for me to sit there and say, okay, you're not alone. Hey, you're not alone. You're not alone. But I don't know if I ever believed it myself until I talked about it and heard from so many people back. And it made me realize, I mean, it was, it was refreshing, refreshing to know that I'm not alone, that there are so many people and so many people that I didn't even realize, friends, um, colleagues who have come to me and said that they struggle as well. And I mean, that, that, that's just been that's what I've taken away from it the most was, you know, what I was trying to preach to others. I never really preached to myself, but, but now I do. And, and now I feel it, that I'm not alone. So I, I would say when you're struggling, yeah, remember that you're not alone. Remember there are a lot of people, you're not different. There's not something wrong with you. You're going through something, but you'll, you'll get through it. 
Um, the biggest advice you can ever give anybody, Pete, that, that's dealing with mental health problems is to get help, uh, to get somebody to talk to. It's so difficult to talk to friends. It's so difficult to talk to family even because it's, it's hard to talk about. And it's hard to talk about with people who don't understand it or people who aren't going through it themselves. So if you have a friend who is also going through it, reach out to them when you're feeling down because they'll understand and, and they'll, they'll remind you that you're not alone. But the first thing you have to do is you have to get a doctor. You have to get a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Uh, you have to talk to them because they can help you through it. And there's nothing that helps more to fight through depression than talking about it. But the hardest thing to fight through depression to do is to talk about it. But you have to. And, and you have to find somebody you're comfortable with and find that person that you can have those conversations with. And, you know, find someone in your life that when you're down, you can let them know and, and they can try to just be there for you. It's not a matter of whether or not they can pick you back up. It's just you just need someone there for you to hear you, to understand that you're not right at that particular moment. And, and, and it just it'll make you feel so much better. So my advice to anyone who suffers in battles I, I try not to say suffers. I, I, I try to say battles because it is a battle and it's a fight, almost a, a daily fight um, to, to find someone you can talk to, to find that peaceful person that when things aren't right, you, you can share that experience with them and, and they, can, they can help you and guide you through it. I, I think what Jay Glazer is doing is it takes a lot of guts, a lot of courage where he's going through his journey now on social media. And, and talking about his bad days. And, and he said the same thing when he first started this journey last week. You know, the thing that was surprising to him was the response that he got of how many people are feeling the same way. And, and, and it was, it, you know, made me cry a little bit because I, I know Jay from when he was young and, and we kind of came up in the business together and uh, when I was working national radio, he was he was one of our stringers that we talked to, talking NFL with him night in and night out. And I got to know him a little bit. And um, so to see him go through it, I feel for him and I want to be there for him. And, you know, he said it was his happiest day that he's had in years just to hear the support that he got from others. That's what it's about. It's about getting support. And, you know, advice doesn't just go to those who battle depression on a daily basis. Advice goes to those who know people who are going through depression on a daily basis as well. Just be there. Be an ear. Be a hug. Be a shoulder. Be whatever you can. Can you fix how I feel today? No, you can't. But can you listen? Can you just be there to to have support and, and put your shoulder out there for me to lean on. Yeah, you can. And that's all, that's, that's, that's all we're asking for. It's, it's don't feel sorry for me. Don't try to fix me. Just be there for me. And, and I think a lot of people who know people going through depression, don't know how to handle it. That's the best advice I can give them. Just, just be there. Just have your ear open and listen. And, and that can go a long way. Yeah, don't worry about saying the wrong thing to somebody who opens up to you, but be a listener, be a supporter, 
And, you know, the phrase that's being put out there is it's okay to not be okay. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I go through some, some very, very dark times and have throughout the course of my life. And you do have to find a therapist with whom you are comfortable because that does make all the difference in the world. And one line that I got from someone that I saw, they said, today is not forever. And once you make that breakthrough, I think that's really important. And, you know, depression comes in, in different varieties. Uh, they're situational. And sometimes it's a chemical imbalance. And I, I think that people who suffer from depression uh, need to remind themselves. And in talking with other people, it's not your fault. Right. This, this, right. This, this is something that happens to people. And as far as going and getting help, I would tell people, look, if your arm is broken, you go to a doctor. If your spirit is broken, you know, you need to see somebody and, and talk to somebody. And I'm glad that people like you and Jay and others are starting to, to break the stigma. It is okay to talk about depression. It is okay to talk about mental health because mental health is every bit as important as physical health. And so I salute you and, and Jay for being advocates uh, for awareness for mental health and, and battling depression. That's absolutely the right word because there are some days where it descends and, uh, and it's a fight as Jay Glazer posted, I think yesterday on social media, I'm feeling gray, but I need to, I need to beat it back and, and get myself yeah. into a good place. And that is usually done by, by talking with friends, professionals, clergy, if, if you are so inclined that way. So th- those are, those are some of the things. And uh, like I said, I, I appreciate you fish as a friend, as a colleague. And uh, you know, when we talk about our broadcast family, it's, it's, it's not just words. It's very, very real. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, and, and, you know, we're there for each other and, you know, cause we spend a lot of time on the road and we're away from family and a lot of time alone, uh, frankly, you know, in, in the hotel rooms and, and things like that. And, and being alone a lot of times can, can kind of trigger things uh, when you have depression. So it, it's hard, but, to, to have loved ones around you, you know, and, and when, when you battle depression too, the, the last thing you want to do is burden people, you know, with your problems. Uh, I mean, you already feel self-loathing uh, because of yourself being down. And, and the last thing you want to do is bring others down, but you're right. I, I think the stigma is, is changing. And, you know, we've seen professional athletes who have come out and talked about mental health. We've we've seen actors talk about pro- mental health. And we've seen people who, you know, I, I think we've gotten to a point finally in our society where we don't look at someone and say, what do they have to be depressed about? I think we're finally learning that depression is... Depression isn't just a feeling. It's it's a way of life, unfortunately, for a lot of people. And and I think we're starting to understand that. And unfortunately, you know, I, I feel like a big turn in our society was when Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade both took their own lives a, a few years ago uh, in a, a manner of two weeks um, that we finally realized it, you, you know, that it can affect anybody, no matter what you do, no matter your status, no matter your job no matter your family, no matter how uh, happy you appear, um, it can affect anybody. And, and I think that was, that was something that was a time period where 
that stigma started to change where people did start to understand of it can affect anybody in any walk of life. And, and um, you know, that was part of the reason why I wanted to do it too. I mean, I, I got a, a wonderful wife and two beautiful kids and I got a dream job from when I was kid, a kid. I mean, what do I, what do I make good money? What do I have to be depressed about? I don't know. The answer is, I don't know. I, I, I wish I wasn't, but, but I am. And, um, you know, so to talk about it, I think openly and freely can, can help in so many ways. And, and, and I hope just this message can help, you know, those who are battling depression, who are listening to this podcast. And, and, you know, I, I hope this message helps you. You're not alone. I mean, reach out to me on Twitter, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, because I, I know the feeling and, and I know that it's hard to talk to someone who doesn't go through it. So uh, I, I always welcome that. And I still, ever since I did the article with Jeff, I still get messages almost on a daily basis from people who just reach out and, and say what courage it took of me and, and then tell me their story, which takes a lot of courage of them to reach out to someone that they don't know. And so it's, um, it, it's so satisfying for me to see others, you know, knowing that I'm not alone. And, and, and I, I think it's great to get that message out there that, it, as you said, it, it is okay to not be okay. And, and certainly those of us who are going through it, uh, we aren't alone. And there are a lot of people out there that would listen and a lot of people that can help. Yeah. Bottom line is, if you are not feeling okay, please do seek out help. Fish, thank yep. you so much for the time. Thanks for the, the eloquent chat on, on mental health. And we're looking forward to three more games on his homestand. And uh, Grizzlies are playing really, really good basketball. Thank you so much for the time, Fish. Pete, you got it, man. Always a pleasure. I can't tell you what a joy it is to work with Fish and Brevin, and Scott, our producer, Tom, our director, Brian Wright on graphics, Bill Word, a.k.a. Shrek, uh, in the replay room. Uh, they are all tremendous professionals. They are all tremendously talented. Uh, and, and Rob Fisher's right at the top of the list. Talk show host, play-by-play, sideline reporter, whatever you need. Fish can do it all, and he does it very, very well. Um, it's, it's, it's a great group. Brevin Fish and I have been together as a team for more than a decade, and a good Lord willing, the creek don't rise, we'll give you another decade. I plan on sticking around until they they kick me out, which I hope isn't uh, hope hope that isn't anytime soon. Uh, Grizzlies do have a Thursday night game against Minnesota, Friday against Dallas. It'll be on ESPN, but Valley Sports Southeast will televise side by side. They will also televise side by side next Monday when the Grizzlies take on the Chicago Bulls, two thirty afternoon tip on MLK Day. If uh, you are coming to FedEx Forum, 1 o'clock for the Sports Legacy Symposium. Elvin Hayes, Alan Houston, Muggsy Bogues are the honorees. I will be emceeing that. Always a really fun afternoon, and it should be a great basketball game between two of the better teams in the NBA. That's a wrap for Episode 21, Season 2 of the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.